Thank you, John, and the leadership for um, allowing me this opportunity to speak. I do it humbly. Um, well, not like, you know, Alan was saying, like, humbly, but <laughs> genuinely hum hum humble, humble before God. <clears throat> Couple of disclaimers. Um, the message I share today is not because I'm above all the things I will share about. I... I will say you, when I say you, I mean we, because I'm also included in that. And also I will use um, a few pictures just to illustrate the message. And those pictures are all from Google. I did not take a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the title of the message, if you would like, uh, is making the most of the seasons or our seasons. So um, when John first asked me to speak, which was a few weeks ago, I was kind of overwhelmed. I was like, oh my goodness, um, what, what am I able to speak and what will I speak and, you know. So I just, um, then I, after, after the panic um, episode, I was like, okay, calm down. <laughs> you know, I prayed, I thought, and um, I felt that it was... Um, maybe a good point to start if I spoke about something that I have a bit of natural knowledge about. So we will use the natural and then hopefully um, transition into the spiritual as well. Some of you would know that I am quite passionate about um, all things green, all things natural. <laughs> I do like the outdoors, I do like the farm things, I do like gardening and I do grow a lot of my own um, <clears throat> fruit and vegetables to the extent that I have an allotment that is currently suffering because I've gone back to work full time. So maybe that's, that was kind of like a motivation to get some lessons about how to do things and how not to do things. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so our, our base um, scripture for today is going to come from Genesis 8, verse 22. <laughs> And it reads, <clears throat> while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they shall not cease. <laughs> so, um, this is God speaking to Noah, basically uh, when uh, the floods had subsided and the ark had, you know, parked in, I can't remember what it says, Ararat or something, and they came out. And this was the first promise that God made to Noah that this was going to happen. So I felt that this was um, very relevant to us um, in the sense that in life, as long as we live or as long as the earth remains, there are things that are never going to change. The summer will come, the winter will come, the autumn will come, the spring will come, it will rain, it will be cold. It will be day and it will be night. And this is God, this is not me. What we need to do is to align ourselves with what God has said will be. And that way then we will be the best that we can be. 
So um, going back to, uh, <clears throat> to the farming aspect of things, um, which I will draw on quite a bit today. So never mind about me having a Bible here, actually. I, can't, I forgot my glasses in the office Friday, so I feel like the devil was... <laughs> So I can actually, um, I wouldn't read from there, but um, I've got my notes and um, they're in font 14. And I'm like, what's it say? Never mind. <laughs> uh, so um, generally, there's two types of um, farming for those that know. And if you don't know, it's okay, I'll tell you. Uh, and um, we have, fundamentally, we have crop farming, which will include all types of crops and plants and whatever. And then on the other side, we also have animal farming, which again includes animals, fishes, and poultry and stuff. So they will go in that brand of farming. Um, regardless of which type of farming you do, the principles of God about the seasons of farming, they do not change. Um, but today, just because I did not want to offend some vegans, maybe in our midst, I am going to focus on the crop farming side of things. <laughs> That's not true, it's just them. I just thought it would be easier to talk about things that maybe we're a little bit familiar with, I don't know. Lots of, lots of our children think that the meat comes from the supermarket, so I think it would be quite far-fetched to talk about animals, so I'm going to talk about crops. <clears throat> so if you're a crop farmer, Two things are fundamental to you, and these are the seed, the quality of your seed, and the type of your seed, and also the soil where you will plant the seeds. You have a good seed. If you have the rocks and the thorns, it doesn't matter. Um, and also um, the seed. If you have a seed that has not, um, that's not viable, it doesn't matter how good the soil is, you will still not get anything out of it. So um, my, the references I make here, I kind of go backwards to the biblical times in terms of like, talking about the seeds and stuff. I know that agriculture has changed so much since the biblical times to today, so there's lots of things that people do, mechanistic stuff and everything. But we're kind of try and keep things quite natural in, in the context of what we did, what we talk about today. So, today I would like all of us to imagine that we are two things. We are the farmer, and we are also the soil, because this is what Christ made reference to. Um, we're going to read in a moment. So, we have a responsibility to the seed that we plant. We also have a responsibility to the soil, for, for the soil that we plant the seed in. Naturally, we wouldn't worry about the rain or the sun because there's not anything that we can do about it. God will make it rain to the Christian and to the non-Christian, and that's going to be the same. The things that will make the difference are the seed and the soil. So I feel like uh, 
all of us, at some point, we have an equal chance of planting something. So if we um, go back to 2 Corinthians um, 5.17, and it says, um, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So at that point, when we accept Christ, it doesn't matter what we've done before. You and I, we had a clean slate. In the context of a farmer, that was a virgin land. God was like, there you go. You go do what you want. But how come we are all in different places and stuff? But that's fine, because obviously, someone's the corn and someone is the tomato and someone is the potato. That's all absolutely fine. But what matters is that whatever it is that you are, it should be the best, right? I will move forward to uh, the next scripture, Luke 8. Everybody knows the scripture. So I'm going to use the scripture slightly different from how we normally refer to them. Um, Luke 8. <laughs> yes, thank you. Luke 8, 48. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, so we know the parable of the sower, right? I don't have to read it, I think. And we know um, that Jesus says that... Um, a farmer or a sower went out to sow and different seeds fell on different parts of the earth and they grew differently. That's not what I want to highlight just, just now, but what I want to say is that I, from a farming point of view, and I'm, I'm not being contradictory to scripture, that's not what actually happens, or we don't get to see the full picture from that scripture, because I think when Jesus said that, the the crowd or the congregation that he was speaking to understood what happens when you're a farmer. Some of us here might not. So when Jesus says, a farmer went out to sow, I'm like, huh? A farmer went out to sow, okay, so shall we have picture one? I was like, okay, a farmer went out to sow, there was a piece of land. Did a farmer go out to sow and just scatter his seeds, like, you know, in some virgin land? I don't think so. What I think happened before, so we can do all the three pictures, maybe one at a time. The next three. In my mind, what had happened before the farmer went out to sow is that the farmer had been busy. The farmer prepared his land. And it doesn't matter what you, you have, whether you're commercial, your subsistence, or whatever, you do your different thing. Okay, so some people have different means, and the next one, or they have different things. But what matters is that they went and they worked on the land. And when they worked on the land, then the farmer went out to sow, right? So what, what, do I, what am I bringing out here? What I want to say is that it is our responsibility to prepare the land. God has given his word already. It is for us to prepare the land. 
God's not going to come down and prepare the land. We have to work it. We have... We have different scenarios. So the first picture that we saw, that was virgin land. That could represent the new Christians. So when we become born again, there is no history of farming on our, on our bait. There is nothing. The land has to be worked. That piece of land can very easily turn into, to be similar to the other pictures of land. But there's different things that need to be done. So the farmer needs to clear the thorns or the bushes. I mean, it's all burn things, and he needs to do all sorts of things. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. We all know where we started. God worked hard with us in order for us to get to the next level. But what I'm talking about today is not just relevant for the new Christians. It is relevant to all of us. When I look at this slide or the other two slides, this says to me, this land has been farmed before. This is most of us who are already Christians. God has already worked with us. Things have been harvested from us because we have produced before. But when the next season comes, it doesn't matter what you produced before because if you do not do the same thing, then you're not going to produce it for the next season, right? So that's, um, that's one of my points is that there's different work that needs to be done in a land that's been worked before. Um, the land is softer, the weeds are maybe a little bit smaller in that they're not, they're, they haven't been growing there for generations or for however. Um, but yeah, so the work needs to be done. But um, something else happens, and I just want to go back to um, picture three, if you can. So this picture, so these, these were all random pictures. They just brought different things to my mind when I was looking at them. This picture is very interesting to me because obviously um, you can see this is land being farmed all the time. Lots of things are happening. You can see that the farmers are um, using the tractor to tend the soil and stuff. So there's stuff here. We, it, I don't think it's weeds. I think it's remains from the last season. It could be weeds. It doesn't matter. But when, when the land is mature, just watch behind the tractor. You can see the birds. They know that when the farmer is turning the land over, because the soil is rich, the soil has been used before, lots of stuff, good stuff, comes out of it. There's worms, there's things that suddenly are exposed, and other things can feed off from the same piece of land. I doubt very much that you would get that with that land that we sow. So when we're mature, there is goodness in all shapes and sizes in us. It, when God's working with us, it doesn't matter. The tractor's just as hard on the soil and stuff, but the things that come out, they reflect that we have known God and we have worked with God. Amen. So, yeah, that was, um, thank you. That was one of the points. And then on the, um, thank you, on this, on the, um, on the, part of the, summer, or the farmer going out to sow and the land and the seed falling on all these different parts of the, um, of the land. Some fall on thorns, some fall on um, rocks and, they, you know. So the, 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 there's another point to make that it actually doesn't matter how well prepared the land is. There will always be parts of 
If you, um, from, if you can see from the pic, one of, any one of the pictures, you'll see that if you're a farmer, you prepare your land, but in between you leave, um, you leave um, strips of land or for drainage or for separating the land or your crops or for passage or for different things. So you will always have um, bits that nothing can grow on. It doesn't actually, it's actually good for the farm in that sense. So even if you're a mature Christian, there's always going to be seed that's going to fall on the dry bits of us. And that's to say to me that it's fine, we're not perfect. There are things where the, the, the seed's going to fall on the good soil and it's going to just flourish because, you know, that's, that's the most part of us. But there are still areas in us that we need to work on where it's still thorny and it's still dry and it's still rocky. Yeah. You know, they might not be so big. They are small strips, yeah. but we all have work to do. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to take some water. And then um, one of my favorite scriptures um, from when I, when I was growing up actually came to my mind when I was... Um, when I was preparing this. And this, this is again Philippians 2, um, 12 to 13. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So this scripture uh, takes me back to my childhood where um, <clears throat> it might actually have used like in a bash over your head context in the sense that, you know, are you right with God and, you know, is this okay and, you know, you should, you know, come to God with fear and trembling and, you know, but that's, that's not the context I want to bring it up today. Um, so when I think about the scripture and in the context of us preparing the land and working, um, working out on our salvation and then the things that we need to work on in order to be productive, I had an imagination. Actually, I was very happy when Alan um, spoke earlier because what I, um, I had in my mind, what it means to me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling is to go back to the cross. I imagine myself, and I, I imagine that you can imagine yourself as well, being in the congregation or in the group of people that were there on the day that Christ was crucified. You're watching him. He's been beaten. He's bleeding from everywhere. And you're trying to understand, Christ, why are you doing this? And Christ is like, I'm doing it for you so you don't have to suffer, so you don't have to, you don't have to do it, you know, because I love you. And I think if I was there on that day, I would fall on the floor with fear and trembling, not because I'm afraid of punishment or I'm afraid of being bashed with something, but because I'm watching a man die for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know. So in, the, in that sense, I think that um, it would be a shame if we took our salvation lightly for what he has done. If Christ died and he bled and he did all of that for us so we didn't have to go through it, if we cannot fear and tremble in, in the awesomeness of this act, 
then I don't know what else to say. And that will be the contest that I understand this best to mean. Yes. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so we go back to the farm and the farmer. Um, if you're a farmer, you've done all of this. And then we go on to the next season. And this is the growing season. So we can have uh, the next one picture, picture number five. Guess what? You did all you did before. You prepared the land, you killed all the weeds, and you did everything, and then you planted. And you do this, a month later, you come back to your farm. This is what happens. Your crop and the weeds are the same size. Because guess what? It rains for the wicked and for the righteous, and all together, it just, you know, it happens. So, the story is our work does not end in the preparation of the land. We have work to do. You are the farmer. You need to weed the farm. You need to remove the weeds. No one's going to come and remove them for you. It is your job to remove them. If you do not remove them, actually, before we get to that, um, so there's all sorts of different ways to, 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 to do the weeding. And I was thinking about this um, yesterday, and I thought, traditionally, this is what happened. The next picture, please. This is what people used to do to remove the weeds. Can you imagine, like, doing a day, half a day on your back, and you're weeding? And, that is hard work. It is absolute hard work, but if you want to get the healthy crop that you can see on the picture, you have to do it. I mean, in the modern day, if you are a big farmer, obviously you have tractors, you have stuff, they can do that for you, or you can get the herbicides and stuff, they can, but you still have to do it. You still have to do it. If you don't do it, this is what happens. We get all shades of Christians. Some are pink, some are yellow, some are purple, you know. And I don't mean in our appearance. I mean in our spiritual sense. You know, oh yeah, Christ did it, I don't have to do anything. Or yeah, it's fine, you don't understand, you don't love enough, or you know. That's what happens when you let the weeds grow with a good crop. I'm sorry, get rid of the weeds. Your natural color is green. And we can have the next slide, please. This is your color, not the purple, not the yellow, not all of the other colors. That is because of the weeds that are growing with you and are influencing you and are draining the nutrients that are meant for you. This is what God wants you to be. You're good, you're healthy. But also, this picture actually, when I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is great. Because, I don't know, we don't have a point. So if you look on the bottom side here, and maybe a little bit there, sorry, it was more clear. On the, you can see the weeds, they're tiny. We live in the world. We're not of the world. The world will always be there. There will always be things going on. But, I mean, what chance does it have with this kind of crop? None. There are many of us. We are all healthy. We are here. We're supporting each other. We're growing and we're taking the light. 
the weeds have no chance. And I feel like this is what we should be. And uh, yeah, just to go back that, you know, as Christians, we grow spiritually in the purity of God through his word. Fellowship with brethren, those kind of things. This is what you get here. You separate yourself, you become an island, the weeds will grow around you. Uh Yeah. So to summarize the points from um, the growing season, again, is that you remove the weeds. You do the weeding process yourself. It is hard work, but you still have to do it. If you don't remove them, they will take up the nutrients that are meant for you, and you will suffer. And uh, you also start to make excuses for things, and you start doing things. And remember what I said in the beginning, this is not just for everybody else, it's for me as well. I do it all the time, you know, so we're all in the same picture. We just have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And there are things, um, the fourth point was that there are things that will always remain in the world, but they don't have to overcome us. We can overcome them. Um, A few scriptures um, came to my mind when I was um, doing this. This is fine, I didn't give this to you. um, I will say of the Lord, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will not be shaken. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which, is, which rises against me, I will condemn, you know. And in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus um, who loved us. And these are scriptures that we can encourage ourselves and we can speak to ourselves, to, you know, when the weeds are coming up all over and stuff. And um, one favorite scripture of mine is that if nothing else work, works, sorry, uh, <laughs> Jesus said it to Peter and it's like, Get behind me, Satan. You know, you can talk to the devil. He can leave you alone. And, you know, because we have a salvation to work out. Yeah, so, um, so that was the growing season. And the final season that we get to, as farmers, obviously, is the harvest time. And again, we all know the scripture about harvest. Thank you. Um, Matthew 9, verses 37 to 38. Um, So then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I think this particular scripture is very clear. It's referring to the harvest of the souls and the people that need to hear about Christ. Um, Be they non-Christians or people that have um, fallen by the wayside, it doesn't matter. When I read that scripture, uh, what sort of comes to my mind is like, um, the next picture please, is like, um, um, nope, the next one, number, number nine. Yeah, that's it. So like we have, the fields are wide with harvest, so like, you know, it's ready, it's time to harvest. But as someone who knows a little bit about farming and stuff, For me, this season is probably the most delicate season. And the reason is uh, because once your crop is ready, it is ready, it needs to be harvested. 
But also, you have to know when the crop is actually ready. Yes. So to, to everybody's eye, it might look like it is. But if, I don't know, if you know, like different crops are ready at different times. So things like wheat and corn and stuff, if you let them dry, the, the, you know that they're read, ready based on the moisture content of the seed. And that moisture content of the seed is ready a certain weeks after a certain thing. You know, there's a specific time where that moisture content is between that and that percent. Beyond and before you harvest it, it's too wet, it will get mold, it will rot, it will do all sorts of things. You leave it after, it's too dry, and your millers will be like, oh, this is too dry, it's not a good crop, and you know. So the, the harvest season is very specific. And also, you have, you don't control the rain and stuff like that, so you, your crop might be ready, and then it might just come and rain, and then everything will just sprout, and it will rot, and you know. Uh, lots of different things happen, and you also got pests as well that you have to um, be careful about, because then if you pick them up from the field and you take them to your storage, and then you go in and like nothing, everything's been eaten. So it's a very, very delicate season. But what it means to me is that we are mature Christians. We have matured. We've reached this level. We understand God, but we also understand what God needs of us. So when we deliver, we are sensitive. We discern things. We just don't go there and damage the world more. And that's what kind of um, hit me about this season is that it's, yeah, it's got a, a lot of delicacy in it. But you still have to do the job. You still have to harvest. Because if you don't, then there's no food for the rest of the season until the next harvest season. So the job needs to be done, but it just needs to be done well. <clears throat> so, and then, um, the other thing that I just thought I'd say about the harvest was... Um, Traditionally, um, farmers would um, select the seed for the next season from the current harvest. But do you also know that um, in the current day, not all farmers are seed producers. Like, literally, farmers will buy seed every season that they need to plant. Because they're not certified to produce seed, because to produce seed, you have to have met a certain criteria to do that. So what came to my mind was what kind of farmers are we? Do we produce seed for the next season, for the next generation? Or are we going to be the end of the line when we die? I don't want to be the end of the line. When I was doing this, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be the end of the line. I want to produce seed. I want to leave something behind, you know. So yeah, that's what um, <clears throat> that was the um, the harvest season. But I also thought that um, obviously this is spiritual. We talk about the harvest in terms of the um, the souls and everything. But actually, this could also apply to all the other areas of our lives. You know, are we leaving a legacy in the family, in the church, in, even in the workplace, in the things that we do that we put our hands in? What are we leaving behind? What do people say about us? 
you know, do we understand that, you know, we are there for a reason? But also, the harvest signifies the end of a season, in some sense. So, do we get stuck in that season and just remain in that phase and start rotting because we don't want to move on to new things? Because the whole point of the harvest is to get the new seed for the next season. So we need to understand that we need to move on with things. I mean, obviously, um, you know, from, from a human point of view, we don't just plant one crop and then harvest at the same time. So there's lots of different planting seasons, growing seasons, so different things are growing and harvesting at different times. But we have to understand when one season is over and we need to move on to the next thing. Amen. It's very important. Amen. Yeah, so it, it could be about um, <clears throat> you as a person. Is it time to learn new skills? Is it time to move job? Is it time to do something new? Is it, I don't know, is it time to do something, same thing differently? I don't know, you know. Is it time to step out in faith? Is it time to go on a missionary calling? Or I, I don't know, just, you know, there's, the harvest is the end of a season. We need to do new things. And also we need to realize that we don't have infinite time to do the work of God or the things that we want to do. We all have a, an expiry date, basically. The harvest season is not endless, it's not limitless. It ends. And at some point we'll all be gone. So I'm going to summarize my message from today. Um, Yeah, one of the other things was that uh, we also have to remember that farmers in general, or from time before, they tended to live on the same piece of land for generations. So you pass the land to your children, and they will pass it on to their children and to their children. So I feel like um, spiritually as well, that is our responsibility that we leave something for the next generation so they can leave something for the next generation. Let us not be wasteful or take for granted what God has entrusted us with. Uh, Let us harvest when we need to. Let us move on when we need to. A farmer is always on his land regardless of the season. So just because we have the summer and the winter... It doesn't mean that the farmer has, I mean, I can tell you from experience, farmers have no rest. When everybody else is indoors in the winter and we are all covered up, they are busy, they are plowing, they are removing the weeds, they are, whatever needs to be done to the soil, they're literally non-stop. So that when the planting season comes, they're ready. This should be us as well. It doesn't always have to be obvious what we're doing. There's lots of things that we should be doing in the background so that when the time for planting and the time for growing, people can tell the difference that this is soil that was prepared a long time ago. Let us abstain from all appearances of evil. But also, let us understand that if we miss a season, God is a God of many chances. We go back and we start again. Thank you.